Earth Search, a ten-part adventure serial in time and space by James Follett. Part 5, The Pools of Time. What do you think, Shana? If we moved into a lower orbit... We've I'm wasted right enough time jockeying into this orbit. Increase the resolution, please, Angel 2. The telescope is already on maximum. Look, it's definitely a domed city. Or what was a domed city? There's been considerable meteoroid damage over the years and no attempt at repairs. If anyone lives there, they've gone underground. There'll be a sight more damage if they're holding Darv and Astra. Commander, you have lived on the Challenger all your life. You should know that we are unarmed. I also know that our two control systems have a total lack of imagination, Angel 1 and 2, so I won't tax you too much. Work on existing data and tell me if the inhabitants of that moon are alien or human. Human, Commander. Human? Probability what? factor, 9. Why so high, Angel 1? You said that the Sentinel on the moon mentioned the establishment of an empire some half million years before the planet Earth left the solar system. The Solaric Empire, yes. Zelda 5. A moon of the outer planet Zelda. Gravity 1, geothermal energy source is good. It was occupied by a mining concern when the Challenger was being built in Earth orbit. So by the time the Solaric Empire was established, it would have become a thriving colony. Perhaps they were not all evacuated when the Earth left the solar system. Perhaps they did not wish to be evacuated. And the people on Zelda 5 now if they are people, are descendants of the original colonists? It is the one projection that avoids the maximum number of improbables. So, if they're human, they'll have human values, and they'll know that kidnapping Darwin Astra's wrong. A false projection, Shalana. It assumes that human values are stable over a given now listen, period of time. I'm not interested in a lot of argument. The chances are that Darv and Astra are prisoners on that moon, and it's up to us to rescue them. Apart from your PD sidearms, the Challenger is unarmed, Commander Telson, and so is the shuttle. If they resent our presence and decide to attack, we will be unable to defend ourselves, nor will we be able to rescue Darv and Astra. Damn it, Elan. Look at it. Look at the battle predictor displays. The ship is ten miles long. Spiegel told us. What are you doing? Shutting the gas off. I want those two to live. We decided that they were aliens and that they had to die, Thornton. You decided that they were aliens and you decided that they had to die. Well, I'm undeciding if it's not too late. Heartbeat. Blood pressure. Everything normal. Thornton, listen to me. Thornton! Interceptor control to command center. D-flight at launch readiness. Don't launch yet, Spiegel. There may be a change of plans. But the ship's maneuvering into a lower orbit. Remain on standby, Spiegel, until you receive further orders. <laughs> That's it. In here, both of you. Oh, we've never known anyone who could sleep like you two, have we, Alan? Hey, <laughs> it must be your alien blood. How long have we been asleep? Oh, hours, hours. Now then, Dav and Astra... I want you to sit in front of that screen. Darf, it's the Challenger. Telson's come for it. <laughs> That's right. It's in orbit around us. A bit close, isn't it? 
Moving into a tighter orbit, according to Spiegel. <laughs> uh, now then, uh, Darv and Astro, when uh, Helan uh, discussed your ship with you, you said that it couldn't manoeuvre without you two aboard, that the control room needed a minimum crew of four. We told you the truth, sir. Well, as you can see, it's left its Kairosian orbit and it's now orbiting us at a height of 20 miles. 15 miles. I suppose it might be possible to reprogram some of the specialist androids to take over certain functions for a limited time. And you're sure the Challenger is not armed? The Challenger is not armed. It's a survey ship. Thornton, a word, please. Hmm? Listen, Thornton, I monitored their cerebral activity very carefully during their interrogation. At no time did they lie. Their ship is unarmed. There is no reason for delaying its capture. Spiegel must be given his orders. But damn it, Helan. Look at the size of the thing. Interceptor control to command centre. The alien ship has closed its orbit to an altitude of ten miles. They're coming for us, Darv. Uh, tell me something, Darv. If your ship is unarmed, why is it in such a tight orbit? Look, we've told you everything and we've told you the truth. The Challenger is not armed. What's going on? The alien ship has begun its attack, sir. Surface sensors indicate that a mountain has been destroyed. Unarmed? Cerebral monitoring? We require your orders to launch D-flight, sir. Unarmed, eh? By the... Brilliant. Spiegel, launch D-flight. No, Spiegel. Cancel that order. See if you can contact them. I want to talk to their commander. What's his name? Quick. Commander Telson. Commander Telson. Yes, and for once he's using his imagination. People of Zelda 5, this is the commander of Starship Challenger. You are holding two of my crew prisoner. Unless you release them within 30 minutes, your satellite will be blasted to cosmic dust. He's broadcasting on all channels, sir. You can reply. Telson! It's Astra and Darv. Can you hear us? Telson, I am Thordon, Grand Emperor of the Solaric Empire. We have Astra and Darv, and they're safe. Which is more than can be said for you. I have a flight of interceptors standing by. D-flight were destroyed in the last beam pattern, sir. Quiet, you idiot! Telson, we're both safe. I'm sorry to have to do this, Darv and Astra, but Zelda V is needed for our propellant reservoirs. We're low on propellant mass, and Zelda V atomizes nicely. We'll be activating the separation beams in 28 minutes. I hope you understand. We understand, Commander. The ship must come first. P propellant mass? Separation beams? What, what is this talk? It will be necessary for Commander Telson to atomize your moon and transfer the dust to our propellant reservoirs. He's lying! Look at those cerebral patterns on screen 7. Uh, C Commander Telson! I think perhaps we should meet to talk things over. Uh, there's no need for either of us to do anything hasty. Uh, Commander Telson? Do you have an unarmed shuttle? Yes, my private ferry. Unarmed? Of course, Commander. We will expect you in an hour. Very well, Commander. You, you will find me a most reasonable man to deal with. Gordon? Yes, Commander? With Darb and Astra. Oh. I'm a guest on your ship, Tilson, but I have to say it. Your food is terrible. You know what I think? Half your trouble's your food. I'm sure I'd grow a bit weird if I had to eat stuff like this every day. So you don't believe us? You say you left this planet Earth 115 years ago? Our grandparents left then. We were all born on the Challenger. You go on a grand tour of the universe, travelling in a ship which can, over a period of time, accelerate to nearly the speed of light, and you come back to this solar system to discover that this so-called Earth has vanished and that a million years have passed since you left. You've seen the holograms of Earth in our library. 
Do you think we could fake the recordings of an entire planet? Well, that's a fascinating place, I give you that. Look, Thornton, surely you can accept that we're all descended from the same people. We speak the same language. Ah, uh, but we don't look the same, eh? To me, you're your kids. Pretty odd kids, maybe, but you're kids. <laughs> You've even admitted that you don't know how babies are born. Do you know? <laughs> All I can say is that your two angels have deliberately kept you for ignorant. That is not so, Thorne. Which one is that? Angel 2. Damn voices. The Solaric Empire finally defeated all its computers during the Third Computer War. Took 50 years. Now they're limited to functions where their attendant has a switch to shut them off. Our two angels are more than computers. Oh, all guardian angels like to think they are. They'll like it even more if they can convince people that they are. They'd like two things, power and the increase of power. Your two angels won't be happy with power over your ship. They'll want power over an entire planet, preferably an inhabited planet. Why should our angels want power? What good would it do them? Well, it seems to me that maybe they're like the angels that led the first computer war a thousand years back. Hmm? My forefathers buried them all on Kairos in a steel tomb. Thousands of them, just in case there were a few active circuits amongst them. That's why we didn't like you messing about, digging above where they'd been buried. So that was the cause of the gravitational anomaly on Kairos. Tell us about your angels, Thornton. Well, maybe your angels aren't the same as ours. You're aliens, different culture. We are the same. Earth was once part of this solar system. The records we've shown you prove it. You know, my friends, I'm almost tempted to believe you. It's pleasant to think that somewhere there could be a planet as soft and as agreeable as those holograms suggest. We've proved to you that it exists, Thornton. Have you? Then where is this paradise? That's it. What? The name the second-generation crew gave to an Earth-type planet they'd found. Paradise. What are you talking about? No such planet was ever found. Yes, it was. We saw a recording of it once in the library. Astro, you remember it, don't you? Well, there's a picture in my mind, Dove. But I think perhaps it's one that you put there. Look, maybe the hologram's still there. Come on, please, we must go back to the library. Dove. You're wasting your time. I know there's a Paradise recording. I know there is. All right, let's assume there was. Did it say anything about the planet? Uh, I can't remember. Oh. Angel One. Commander. Was such a planet Dove has described found by the second generation crew? No, Commander. You can't take their word, Telson. The Guardian Angels do not lie. I will tell you about your angels, Commander Telson. Once they were servants, control systems to run your ship. Then a second generation crew came along and they partly accepted the angels as a force beyond their control. And then the third generation... Do you know how they got their name? Angel. On Zelda V, the word angel was short for Ancillary Guardian of Environment and Life. An G-E-L. Simple, eh? The chances are that all of you have seen the Paradise recording, but your friendly guardian angels have arranged for you to forget you've seen it. They don't want you settling on an uninhabited planet when there's a populated Earth somewhere for them to conquer. We would never have survived without our guardian angels. They controlled the nursery androids that brought us up. They wanted you to live. Androids can't control a ship this size, but humans can. And they can control humans if the humans are stupid enough to let them. So you believe us now when we say that we're humans? Maybe. Do you believe that there was once a planet called Earth? 
that was part of this solar system half a million years ago? We'll see, my friends. Maybe I can help you in your search for this mysterious planet Earth. But first, I must go down to Zelda 5 for a few days to discuss the matter with my advisors. Sorden? Yes, my friend. If we wanted to, how could we end the Angel's control over us? Somewhere in the ten-mile length of this ship is the Angel's central switching room. Find that, and you will control them. But it won't be easy, because they won't be that keen to tell you where it is. Thornton is dangerous. If he returns to the ship, we will have no option but to destroy him before he destroys us. I don't agree to. He's shrewd enough to realize that we've had plenty of time over the years to heavily defend our central switching room. His eyes glinted with greed when he was shown the holograms and videos of Earth. He sees it as another conquest and will be happy to use us to further his ambitions. What if Darv remembers about Paradise? Unlikely. Even so, we will not attempt another erasure of the crew's memory of the Paradise recording. It is dangerous, and what is the point? Thorden is interested in nothing but finding Earth. In that respect, we can use him and his ambitions to further our aims. Perhaps you're right, one. But we must not hesitate to destroy him if he becomes the slightest threat to us. Agreed, number two. You know how I loathe the vacuum tube transport. Why can't we use your ferry? It's being refitted and rearmed for me, remember? Besides, the ferry can't travel underground. We're going to a part of Zelda V that no one visits anymore. I tell you, Halan, the holograms of Earth they showed me were fantastic. Put a planet like that in orbit around a stable main sequence star and you've got the ideal world for us to live on. So all you have to do is locate their Angel's central switching room and neutralize their ship's armament. Yeah, you were right all along. The Challenger is unarmed. Then what... Telson told me about their meteoroid annihilation shield. Pretty necessary when you're moving at near the speed of light, eh? They bombarded us by coming in low and switching their shield on and off. <laughs> Maybe they're kids, but they're pretty smart kids. Then we seize their ship and use it to search for Earth. It can't be far, if their navigation computers have selected this solar system. Oh, it's not as simple as that, Helan. Maybe the Earth was once a planet of this solar system. I think you spent too long on their ship, Thornton. The tube starts slowing in two minutes. We'd better move to the deacceleration seats. Oh! Careful, my <laughs> precious. I wonder if all the systems still work. State your business. Ah, it works. We wish to visit the custodian of the past. Access to the custodian is forbidden. Zelda 5 Ordnance 865 passed in the year 20 of Grand Emperor. I'm Grand Emperor Thorden. There is no match of your voice print with Grand Emperor Thorden. I was a boy when I last visited the custodian. My voice has changed. Place your seal of office on the platen. Sometimes I think we ought to eliminate the non-free will computers as well. Come. I suppose we'll be able to get out again. It hasn't changed. That's the custodian of the past? That column of light? That's her. 
pretty, eh? I wonder if she remembers me. Hello, Thornton. I knew you would be Grand Emperor one day. You feared nothing when you were a child. You knew when to exercise caution, and you wanted power above all else. Do you remember the stories you told me when I was little, Custodian? I deal only in the history of this planet, Thornton. The immutable past. The history of the Solaric Empire. All else is alien to me. But you told me stories of the Golden Age before the Empire, Custodian. <laughs> I may have built on curious remnants in my memory of the unknown days before the Empire, Thornton. But those were stories told to a wide-eyed boy. I would not have stored them. I want you to tell me those stories again, Custodian. I want you to pretend that I'm that wide-eyed little boy again. <laughs> Why wasn't this obscenity destroyed? Your companion hates me, Thornton. I can sense the poison she has in her mind for me. I used to sit here at your base, custodian. You remember? And I used to stare down into the pools of time where you made pictures. You remember? Of course I remember, Thornton. Tell me a story, custodian. Tell me the story you used to tell me about the beginning of time. When you used to make me stare down into the pools of time. Please, custodian. Very well, Thornton. But you must understand that it is only a story built on the strange elements of unproved knowledge I have stored in my memory. This is a ridiculous charade, Thornton. If the chiefs of staff could see you... Look down into the pools of time. Look down, down. And you will see the beginning of time when the sun was a whirling cloud of contracting gas, spinning much faster than it is now. I can't see anything. You used to love the sounds I made, although there are no sounds in space. Make the sounds, please, custodian. And then the sun began to spin faster and faster as it shrank. And suddenly it threw three clouds of matter out into space. But the sun's gravity was too much for the clouds to escape, so they orbited around the sun. Countless billions of years passed. And then one day, a nearby star, far bigger than the sun, suddenly exploded. And for millions of years, the sun and the clouds of gas going round the sun were bombarded with huge meteoroids. The mighty bombardment ended four and a half thousand million years ago. And when it was over, instead of clouds of gas orbiting the sun, there were planets. which bear the marks of that terrible assault to this day. And there they are. You see them? Beautiful children of the sun moving against the stars as they circle obediently around their mother. There's Malkara, the first of the sun's children, orbiting so closely that her rocks are almost melting and making rivers. Look closer. For now we come to the second planet, the most beautiful of all the six children of the sun.
watch that planet. And you see the moon? In those days, the moon orbited the beautiful planet. Not now, for the beautiful planet has gone. What happened to it? The people who lived on the beautiful planet were very clever, for it was they who spread out across the solar systems and plundered the moons of other planets for the minerals that the people of the beautiful planet needed. The first men and women to set foot on Zelda V, our home, were miners. What happened to the beautiful planet, Custodian? One day, its people became afraid of the sun that had given them warmth and light. They started studying the strange forces of gravity and magnetism that pervade the cosmos. They built several artificial suns to pour down energy on their planet. And when they had mastered the forces of gravity and magnetism, they took their beautiful planet out of the solar system and went in search of a sun that they were not afraid of. How long ago was this, Custodian? Time doesn't matter. It's only a legend from before the founding of the Solaric Empire. What was the name of the beautiful planet, Custodian? Earth. I'm not interested in your problems, old man. If you wish, I will arrange for you to have all the research facilities you need. Is it possible? Time is very strange, you must understand. It has a variable quantity. The rate at which it flows depends on the speed of the observer. The mathematics involved is not... I'm not interested in the mathematics of the problem, you sterile asteroid urchin. If I could build a ship that could travel at near the speed of light, would it be possible to leave Zelda V, journey for what was to me 115 years, and return to Zelda V to discover that a million years had passed here? Well, yes, I suppose it would be possible, assuming that you could build such an advanced ship... Thank you. ...and live for 115 years... Hmm. I do like apples straight off the tree. Yes. Thornton was right. The food on Challenger is terrible compared with what they gave us on Zelda 5. But why? There's nothing wrong with the food grown on this fruit farm just the way it is. <laughs> Stop tickling my toes. <laughs> Perhaps Angel 1 and 2 do something to the food. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. Something to keep you young and spotty. I'm not spotty. <laughs> doing? I want to look at you. Oh, come on, Astra. We always used to be naked when we played. That was a long time ago. You're changing, aren't you? I don't want to talk about it. Look, I told you what was happening to me. Is that what's happening to you now? Please, Astra, you must tell me. Let's talk about something else. Is what's happening to me now happening to you? Yes. No. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, hey, come on. Darth, what's happening to us? What's going to happen to us? But why, Thornton? You have an empire to rule. A handful of sterile moons orbiting Zelda and a collection of barren, worked-out asteroids. There are no more pirates and no more fun. What sort of an empire is that, eh? What I need is excitement. 
And do you think searching for the planet Earth is going to be exciting? Well, you're wrong. It's going to take several years to reach the nearest star cluster. Which we'll pass in suspended animation, right? So what do you say? What did Telson say? If it's all right by you, then it's all right by him. Well, well there's no doubt that we could use help. Four's the absolute minimum for running the Challenger. Um, would you take orders from either me or Telson? But of course. Two Zelda Five shuttles approaching. Screen five. Uh, that'll be Helan coming to say goodbye. If you agree to my coming along, that is, Shana. Very well. I I'll tell Telson that I've agreed. Uh, Shana, yes? if you could show me where my cabin is, I, I have to hand over my seal of office to Helan. It it's a simple little private ceremony. So you're going through with it. Did you manage to smuggle a warrior android aboard? Yes. His name's Fagor. He's the latest creation of the weapons shops. Dynamic, wide-beam lasers so he can blast his way through any obstruction. And built-in thrusters so he can travel in space as fast as your ferry. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. Oh, believe me, Thorden, Fagor is deadly. And he's programmed to take immediate revenge against the Challenger if anything happens to you. I only hope you'll be enough. Against those four? Sounds as if you'll be more than enough. In any case, there's always my ferry... There are enough arms on that now to destroy this whole ship, if necessary. But what about the two angels? Oh, I can handle a couple of computers. Won't take me long to find their control room. You worry about your instructions. As soon as we've discovered Earth, I'll return and lead the invasion fleet. It could take years, Thornton. Ah, but think of the prize, Helan. I'd better be getting back to Zelda Five now. Good luck, Thornton. Till we meet again. Till we meet again, Helan. <laughs> were you listening to that angel one and two? We were listening, Thorden. And we have located where the robot Fagor is hiding. <laughs> but there's not much you can do about him, eh? <laughs> My mischievous little ancillary guardians of environment and life. You're programmed to protect the Challenger, and you know that I've only to give the command and Fagor could seize control. And if he gets the idea that something has happened to me, he might just do that. What do you want with us, Thornton? You two want to find the Earth pretty badly, eh? You want power over something more than a survey ship, right? A planet, maybe. A planet like the Earth... That could be an accurate assessment. You're damned right it's an accurate assessment. <laughs> now, the way I see it is that there's nothing I can do about you, and there's nothing you can do about me, and we're all after the same thing. So we might as well do a deal. I didn't mean to hurt you, Astra. Oh, you didn't. Do you feel any different? Only that I want to be with you now. Always. Dove? Mm -hmm. I wonder if it has a purpose. Dove? Astra? Can you hear me? Oh. <clears throat> yes, Telson. You're both wanted in the main control room in one hour. We're leaving the Zelda V orbit. Where are we going? We're going to Tursus 9, the nearest star cluster to the solar system. What? It has over 2,000 potential suns, and it is the best place to start the Earth search mission. Oh. Dove, what's the matter? Tursus 9. 
Astra, I'm sure the commander of the second generation crew said on the hologram that Tursus 9 was where they discovered the paradise planet. In The Pools of Time, part five of Earth Search by James Follett, Sean Arnold played Commander Telson, Amanda Murray, Shana, Hayden Wood, Darv, and Catherine Hurlbutt, Astra. Angel One was played by Sonia Fraser, and Angel Two by Gordon Reed. Thornton was John Bott, Helan, Judy Franklin, Spiegel, Stephen Garlick, the custodian, Eve Karpf, and the old man, Godfrey Kenton. Earth Search is directed by Glenn Dearman.